Jesus, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for meeting with us, God. We thank you for making yourself known to us. We thank you that you've made it possible for us to have a relationship with you. You're not some God that's out there weird and spooky, but you're in here intimately involved in our lives. God, I pray that today, May 1st, 2011, would be a marking day for some people. That today would be a day where we would leave here and say, only God could do that. God did something only He could do. Jesus, we pray for your presence here this morning. We pray for who you are. We pray for for every one of us, God, that we would get a piece of your heart. God, we discover something new about you this morning. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for who you are, God. Make yourself known to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, thank you, worship team. Pastor Ben, I'm the youth pastor here. Uh, Pastor Jim is in Rockford. Um, I, I, uh, on this, get this opportunity like once every three months or something. So, uh, <laughs> and I, Pastor gave me the text that I'll be preaching on like two months ago. So I've been preparing and hashing through it, and uh, I'll try not to preach a ten ten series message this morning. I'll, it was it was difficult to narrow it down, like two months of prep time. I <laughs> so I'll try to be focused this morning. I'll I'll try. I can't promise anything. Uh, Turn with me to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, verse 9. Um won't really get into the whole thing, but a lot of scholars believe that this was not actually written by Mark. They just tagged it on. Whatever. Uh, there's, there's like pages and pages like talking about the different sides. and uh, I can tell you what's written here is it's right in line with what Mark, Mark's heart was. It's right in line with the other Gospels. It's right in line with it's good. When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping. When they heard that Jesus was alive, that she had seen him, they did not believe it. Afterward, Jesus appeared to the different 
in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. These returned and reported to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven that were eating. He rebuked them for the lack of faith and for their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and they will drink deadly poison and will not hurt them after all. They will, they will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoke to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. The Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. This is a huge, huge, uh, huge piece of meat to tear apart. Uh, it's, it's, there's so much, so much there. Uh, these signs will accompany those who have gone to Bible school, who pastor a church, who, these signs will accompany those who, what? Believe. Are you a believer? Jesus rebuked the disciples, first of all. He rebuked them for two things. Their doubt and unbelief and their stubborn heart. Uh, Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. He appears to a couple of disciples and says, go, go tell the rest of them. I'm here. They go tell the rest. The rest don't believe. He comes and he rebukes them for their doubt and unbelief and their hardness of heart. I, I, I would like to suggest that there's an element. It's right next to Jesus saying, go on into the, all the world and preach the gospel. I, I think he's speaking to us. The reason we don't operate in go out and preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. Uh, the reason we don't do those things because of the very thing he was rebuking the disciples for right before that. Doubt and unbelief. Hardness of heart. Hardness of heart. I, I, we'll talk about that for a minute. I, there's a story in Luke chapter 10. You guys know that story, the Good Samaritan? There's this, this Samaritan... Uh, Jesus was talking, uh, let me just turn there, hang on. <laughs> on the, okay, uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 25. On an occasion, the expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied to you. Do this and you'll live. 
but he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? Jesus replied and said, a man was going to Jericho. Can I just use you for a second? (laughs) Yes. So this guy was on his way to Jericho. Uh, If you know anything about this road from Jerusalem to Jericho, uh, it was 2,200 feet up, uh, 2,200 above sea level, feet above sea level to 1,000 feet below sea level. So this road was uh, 16 miles, something, and it wound all around and down and up and down and get, to get down to Jericho. It went, it was a crazy road. All kinds of twists and tur- turns and bends in the road, and that, it actually got the nickname Bloody Road because there was so much so much violence, so much, uh, there was just ambushes everywhere. It was uncontrollable. So this guy is walking down the road, and he gets beat up. Uh, uh. He, he's, he's on the ground. He gets his money taken. <laughs> I give him a hip check. He's a hockey guy. <laughs> Wait, you got to give me your money, too. <laughs> Just, that's fine. So he's laying on the ground, beat up. A little while later, a, what does it say, a priest came by? Basically, a, if we were to modernize this parable, a pastor came by. So, ooh. <laughs> he walked by the other side of the road. I don't really, like, he's half dead anyway. <laughs> I got a meeting to go to. I got, I got to go preach. I got whatever, whatever. A little bit later, a, what's it say, a Levite came by? A worship leader came by playing his guitar. Oh, I'm too busy. I, I got too much going on. I'm not, I'm not bothered. And a little while later, a Samaritan came by. Samaritan in the, in to the Jews, the Jewish culture, and what was going on there, they were pretty much hated by the Jews. So Jesus, to say, a Samaritan came by, got him up, hey, bandages, bandaged, bandaged him up, put him on a donkey, brought him to an inn, Put him in his car, no. uh, bandaged him up, brought him to an inn, paid the innkeeper, said, I'll come back in a few days. Anything I owe you, I'll, I'll, I'll repay everything. Go ahead, have a seat. Thanks, thanks for your help. Uh, hardness of heart. The reason we don't operate and walk in that, laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover, going out and preaching the gospel, going out and going out with the good news of Jesus Christ, we don't really care. 
We don't, we don't have the time. We don't have the, uh, me helping you is uh, telling you we've got to have a burden for the lost. A burden for the lost. Like Paul writing to, to the Romans in, in, in Romans chapter 9, verse 2 and 3, he says, Ah, my heart for my people is so much that I would take, uh, I've got to read it. Romans, I have great sorrow and and unceasing anguish in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, for those of my own race. He had such a burden for the lost that he, he, from his heart, was able to say, I would... I'd rather spend eternity separated from Jesus than for somebody else to go to hell. We see somebody broken and hurting. We don't give them the time. We don't, ah, it inconveniences me. It, it takes up my time and it, it, uh, it, it costs me something. Paul had a burden for the lost. I'm telling you, if you... Go out of here and this, simply, I'm going to reach people and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm gonna, you get worked up in this. If you don't have the burden of, for the lost, if you don't have God's heart for the lost, it, it's really just a notch in the belt. I'm telling you, you're going to burn out real quick. I've been there. I didn't witness to somebody today. Oh, and I would get condemned myself and what's wrong with me? Oh. I can tell you time and time again, pastors and, and, and leaders that they get caught up in that mindset and the mentality of I've got to outdo myself and I've got to do better and I've got to, uh, we had so many in church last week and there wasn't so many this week and oh, I've got to do a better sermon. I gotta, uh, and they get caught up in the, the, the performance mentality. The performance, it's not really about the loss. It's not really about having a burden for people. It's about how can I do better? And I'm telling you, there comes a point when, when you're operating out of that, it doesn't become enjoyable anymore. Reaching the loss is not enjoyable. Spending your life and giving, giving your life for them is not enjoyable. Yes, yes, there is an element we need to obey. We need to go out of obedience. And, and, and I, yes, there's that element. But I'm telling you, we have to have a burden for the lost. We have to have a burden for people. We have to have God's heart for people. Now, the thing that will happen if you don't have God's heart for people, you'll be plagued by comparison. You're going to sit there in a, in a youth ministry of 15 kids from week to week and say, man, uh, that guy over there has got like 100 kids in his youth group. Oh, i got to do better. i got to do better. Oh. We live in a culture that says, the American Idol culture, you've got to do better. You're not good enough, you're not good enough, you're not good enough, you're not good enough, you're not good enough. Oh, yes, the American Idol. Woo-hoo. We, get, we as, as Christians, as pastors and leaders, can get caught up in that. We can get caught up in the, the whole, I've got to do better, I've got to do better, I've got to do better, I've got to do better. Sucks the life out of it. You guys are kind of just staring at me this morning, are you? 
What's that?
You know, green eggs and ham, a little kid's story is about this Sam I am, won't eat green eggs and ham here or there anywhere, or then he finally does try it, and he's like, wow, it's good. I'll eat green eggs and ham anywhere. I'll do it. <laughs> That's the way our faith and preaching the gospel and, and sharing our faith with other people, that's kind of how it works. We get so scared and so, I don't, want to, uh, I don't want to offend anybody, I don't want to, and then you finally do it and see God move and see God move in somebody's life and see them get turned on to the Spirit of the Lord and see, just see the Holy Spirit work and the Holy Spirit do something and, and suddenly you're like, what the heck was I so scared of? Why was I so, wow. You look at First uh, Samuel chapter 17, David and Goliath. You guys know the story. David, David, uh, there's this guy, Goliath. He's like 9 foot 10 inches tall, 9'9", nine, nine, something like that. Huge guy. Comes out and he taunts, the, he taunts the Israelite army. He's fighting for the Philistines. He comes out and taunts them day and night. Nobody's standing up to him. Everybody's sitting in fear. It actually uses the word, they were terrified. David comes out, to the, comes out to this, he's feeding the sheep, and his dad comes to him and says, why don't you go give, give some grains and bread and give stuff to your, your older brothers who are, on, who are out on the front lines. Go out, go out and give them stuff. So he goes out, and as he's giving his brothers the food and the grains, he hears this Goliath come and taunt and jeer and hmm. David says, something in David says why are we not standing up to him? Why are we what is the deal? David in verse uh, chapter 17 verse 26 of 1 Samuel David asked the men standing near him, Where, what will be done to the man who kills this Philistine and removes his disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that should defy the armies of the living God? They replied to him. They heard him speaking. This is what will be done for the man who kills him. Then Eliab, David's oldest brother heard him speaking with, with the men. He burned with anger against him and asked, Why have you come down here, and with whom did you have those few sheep in the desert? I don't know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. David's response, Now what have I done? I'm telling you, you live in fear. You live not facing your fear. Suddenly, you start looking down at other people's ministry, looking down at other people's, what they're doing. Somebody who is facing their fear, somebody who is getting over things, you're going to suddenly diminish what they're doing. Why don't you just go back to hang out with the sheep, David? What are you even doing here? It says his heart burned with anger. Why did you come here? Fear not only traps you in where you're at, not only does it 
paralyze you, it paralyzes other people. It affects other people. Some of you have not shared your faith with anybody else for years, but you know you, 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 know you should have. Years you've been living in this thing of, oh, I don't want to offend them. You live that way, you start looking down on other people and start, you start looking at like tr- what Trinity Works is doing. You start, they're a bunch of wackos. They're a bunch of crazy guys. There's a bunch of, ooh. You start diminishing. It's the way fear works. Actually, in, in all of us, in, the, in the, just a different aspect of fear is fear of they're going to find out who I really am. telling you the way the way it works we sin the holy spirit brings conviction the holy spirit brings the enemy takes that conviction and takes that thing you did wrong and he turns it to there's something wrong with you guilt shame all of a sudden that that guilt and shame there's something wrong with me there's something ugh. suddenly you start pointing the finger at other people you start blaming you start Hiding. It's what our great, 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 it not only does it affect you, it affects other people. It wrecks other people's ministry and destiny. It holds other people back. Instead of, I've faced my fear, I've gone out, and I've, I've, I dream of the day when I, I'm able to go out and preach the gospel anywhere, lay hands on the sick, see them recover. I'm telling you, you lay hands on somebody that's sick and see them recover, Would that not encourage somebody? Hmm. You start looking at other people's ministry like I think of Stan. Stan's out there every week greeting people. You don't ever get a Stan hug every Sunday. You got to get a Stan hug. There's nothing like it. <laughs> But you start diminishing and saying, oh, Stan is so insignificant. Stan is so... And even Stan can be in a place of, I just agreed her. So insignificant. But there's the thing called faith. Doubt and unbelief. The opposite of that would be faith, right? Faith says something so insignificant, the smallest a mustard seed, the smallest seed known to man can grow into something huge. My little thing called faith, my little, what if we operated that way? Everything I do, small seed of faith. Everything I do is a, it's got potential to be huge. I know this is a, this is a hard, a hard topic to even be sharing about because I know from first-hand experience, I guarantee you most of the people in here are probably, when I bring up the, 
the thought of sharing your faith with somebody else, automatically there's a thing called guilt. Automatically there's, I'm, I don't do it enough. Automatically there's this thing that, uh, You know, if we were really to look into it, is it really about you anyway? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, we just celebrated Easter and Je- what Jesus did on the cross and what it, the, the price he paid. He, he rose from the dead. He could have stayed here in his glorified body and shown the world this is who I am. But he chose to use us. He chose to use us in part of his plan. If you look at the beginning of Mark, we just read the end of Mark. But the very first chapter in Mark, the very first verse says, the beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. If we went all the way from his Life on earth, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension. And it, are, and it still says in there, this is just the beginning. This is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, a scripture that I uh, continually... It's become life to me. Uh, Philemon 1.6 says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you may fully understand every good thing we have in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you may fully understand every good thing we have in Christ Jesus. How many want to fully ever understand everything you have in Jesus? You want that, right? I'm telling you, there's something about sharing your faith with somebody else and being active in sharing your faith that suddenly there's, there's something inside of you that says, man, I never saw that about God before. Wow. Suddenly this thing called the burden for the lost, all of a sudden it starts to activate and starts to come alive and starts to, man, I, I will lay my life down for this person, even if it is inconvenient to me. Pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so you may fully understand every good thing we have in Christ Jesus. I feel like there, there's so many people in, in the Christian life, so many people that miss out on so much God has for them because they're simply not acting, being active in sharing their faith. You hear what I'm saying? I'm telling you from experience, be active in sharing your faith. And suddenly, I went on a mission trip to the Ukraine. First time I ever spoke in front of people. First time I ever preached the gospel. First time I ever changed my life forever. remember pulling out a box of Bibles. And literally 30 seconds after opening the the box, they were gone. remember just feeling like, dude, I got like six more on my shelf at home. I never read. You want those too? People lived under communism for 67 years. They knew what it was like not to come together. They knew what it was like not to be able to read the Bible. They knew what it was like to not to even have a Bible. They knew what it was like not to be able to share their faith with somebody else. And they didn't take those things for granted. Remember seeing that and just being like, I'm such a... 
selfish little brat. I'm writing in my journal, God, I'll go anywhere, do anything for you. Stand. Can we have the worship team come back? I really this whole thing about being active in sharing your faith and and laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover and, and go into all the world and preach the gospel, make disciples. It's got to come out of our heart for, for the Lord and our heart, our, our relationship with Him. It has to come out of a relationship with Him. It has to come out of a, a place of intimacy with Him. It has to come out of a place of connectedness with Him. If it doesn't, it just comes from a place of me comes out of a place of duty comes out of a place of pastor said I had to it's not going to last as I was thinking I, I thinking and I'm praying and God would After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then then the disciples went out and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. It's God's word. I would like nothing more than to God for God to do something this morning. You might be here this morning and anything I've been talking about, that, that fear that grips you, you allow it to control you. Ruled by fear. might be here this morning, you're feeling that hardness of heart. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, he said, these signs, are. this is going to be the season that the end is near. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and famine. All this stuff he's saying, these, this is the birth pains. This is what's coming. In the midst of all this list of stuff, he says, the love of most will grow cold. I'm here this morning and I said, most of you are Christians. 
what percentage would you give that? Probably a pretty high percentage, right? Jesus said it. Because of the increased, increasing evil and wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Growing cold is not just, I'm hot and now I'm cold. Use the word grow. It's one step after another. You're up there and all of a sudden you're finding yourself, wow, I'm growing cold. I'm growing. You might be here this morning and there's times in your life, there's times where you felt like, man, God, I'm, I'm surrendering my life to him, giving him everything. I'm, whoo, we are in love, me and Jesus. I will do anything for him. I'm totally surrendered to him. And now you're at a point where you're walking past the guy and saying, I don't have time, I don't have the energy, I don't have strength, I don't have, I'm too busy. Your love for people, your love for the Lord has grown cold. I know what it's like to sit out and fake it. Telling you you don't have the burden for the lost. You don't have God's heart for the lost, man. It's like something rotten in you in the inside. Can we... I, I, say all this this morning to say, I, I, I want God to move. I want God to do something. I want somebody to say... May 1st, 2011, God did something in my life. God changed something. God, oh. It was the first time I went out, went out of church saying, ah, I've got to be active in sharing my faith, and I did it. I didn't allow fear to hold me, bond, hold me in bondage. I didn't allow fear to start looking down on other people and looking down at other people's ministry and gifts and looking, I'm plagued by comparison. Compare yourself with somebody who's weaker, that creates pride. Compare yourself with somebody who's seemingly greater, creates insecurity. Some of you are plagued by those things. I don't mean to keep babbling, I just, there's a lot in my heart, you know. <laughs> I want God to move. I would like nothing more than if people actually responded to what and responded to God, not to me. Responded in such a way that he could do what he wants to do. Jesus, I pray for this congregation. I pray for every single person in here. Jesus, whatever is holding us from being active and sharing our faith, what is it, whatever is keeping us from walking and operating in gifts you've given, 
God, the work that only you can do. God, I pray that this would be a morning of salvation. Pray that this would be a morning where people are filled with your Holy Spirit. Pray that this would be a morning where people are set free and bondages are broken. The insecurity or the pride or the fear or the, the whatever it is holding us back from from getting everything you have for us, God, I, pr- I break those things off right now in Jesus' name. Lord, and for whoever's here that, for whatever reason, their love for you and their love for others has grown, grown cold. Pray, oh Holy Spirit, right now, right now would move. Soften our hearts, God. Break our hearts. Break our hearts for who you are. Break our hearts for those around us. Break our hearts for those we walk by every day at work and school and God, our families, our God, our... We can be just like the pastor or the worship leader just walking right by. I don't have time. Jesus. If you're here with a physical ailment this morning or you're here with something in the message that spoke to your heart, can you raise your hand? I'm wondering if we can't pray for each other. So these signs will accompany those who believe. Do you believe? A lot of you raised your hand and said, yes, I do. Can we put it into practice this morning? Can we do it? Is this too weird? Can we do it? Let's pray for each other. Come on.